This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Well, I actually have a game to review this week. Is it Final Fantasy thirteen two? It Yes, it is. No, it's not. Which which is okay if it is, because you can easily continue to talk about that game. I could, especially considering how little I play other video games. But no, there is, I do have an actual game to review this week. You, I, just, I don't think we have to consider this like a review podcast, though. I think you can you can just talk about your experience with video games. Oh, I it's, think, a, ooh, it's a video game experience podcast. Absolutely. And as you gain experience, you level up. Hmm. So you think you can ride this because I personally actually would like to hear more of what you think about Final Fantasy Thirteen too. So, well, I I didn't play enough. I I have not done anything. I cannot find the fucking graviton orbs or cores or whatever the f- hell they are. Yeah. And I, I uh even though it shows you a picture of where they are in the game, but I was getting super pissed, and I'm I finally broke down and looked at a strategy guide Did online. You- did you find one of them? Yeah. Did you find more than one of them? I'm no. talking about on your own. No, on my own I found one. One. You found yeah. one. That is stupid. And that, not on you. You are not stupid. That is stupid from a design standpoint. I had a similar experience to you. Oh, with, really? I, I couldn't find them. They're completely... And you know what? Even when I found the first one... Here's the thing. Like, Like... Here's what good game design would have said. Okay. Good game design, in my opinion, would have said, okay, you're going to go find these Graviton shards, right? Mm-hmm. You have no idea what these things look like when I first tell you to go find these things. Well, one they're of just, the, they're one just of like the, everything else. But they don't let you know that. But one of the things that they should have done, though, would have been like, we're getting readings from this room. It's almost like there's one in this room. Go find the one in this room so you know what future ones will look like. Does that mean, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. then you'd walk, you'd walk around and you'd be like, oh, there's this floating thing that is kind of gray and transparent, which if I was just looking at anything, I could easily miss. Mm-hmm. But no, it's right here, and this is what I should be looking for in the future. They don't do that. See, I didn't question that design decision that much because you are searching for invisible treasure chests all the time for the rest of the game anyway. Like, if there's a treasure chest that's out of shift with reality or whatever, you have to use Mog to make it appear anyway, and the Graviton cores work the same way. They're just things that look like they're out of shift. And they I mean, they're not the same shape as the treasure chests, but they're still just things that are floating out of shift. I, I guess I guess I didn't know if they were going to look like that. Maybe that was just on, a bad on me or something like that. <laughs> but, but when I, guess, I was looking yeah. for a, I had the exact same problem that you did. I couldn't find a single one. Well, I'm glad, because I, I figured you were going to say, oh my god, I totally found them right away. Um, but what's worse is, so I found four of the Graviton cores, wonderful, and two of them were in places where I had specifically walked before and thought to myself, I can't believe there's not an item here. And I just didn't see the things floating. Like, I was pissed. Like, there's one on the roof of a building in Oerba. And I jumped on that roof with a chocobo at one point, thinking to myself, oh, I bet there's something on this roof, and then looked around, and I was like, oh, that's stupid, there's nothing on this roof, and then I jumped off. Then I go to the strategy guide, oh shit, guess what? On the small, like, 10 by 10 foot roof of this building, where you were standing for 30 seconds wondering why there was nothing on it, 
That's where one of the Graviton cores is. That just kind of makes you sound like a dumbass. It just pissed me off. So I get four of them, and you need five to progress the storyline, apparently. Right, right. And now, uh, so I look at the rest of the Graviton cores. They are all in time periods that I can't access right now. Because you have to unlock with... Wild, wild artifacts, artifacts. Yeah. yes, because I don't have fucking wild artifacts, and I have no idea where any of those are. Right, so now... there, there is literally, and there is literally no clue anywhere as to where you find those. Nope, anywhere. No, like no one can tell you anything in the game about where to find those. You just have to stumble upon them. Well, I mean, you are told how many fragments are missing in each time period, so I at least know there are a couple time periods where it's not going to be. I don't think the wild artifacts are considered time fragments. God damn it. Fragments. I think they're, they're, no, they're not. They're their own thing. That is bullshit. Yeah, they're their own thing. That's awful. I know. That's That's asinine. I I know. So guess where I went to go find those? IGN? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. And you should, you know, don't you agree that you shouldn't have to do that? Yes, I absolutely agree. And and I, I, I had the internal battle with myself of when do you go to a strategy guide? Because, yes, there's that sense of accomplishment you get when you do something on your own. Um, but but I, I, was, I was wrestling with it. I was like, when do you look at a strategy guide? And my conclusion is when the game is not fun. Like when you're no longer able to have fun playing a game, that's when you turn to a strategy guide. I, I think I have to agree with you. Okay, and, because... And, and yeah. it's... it's do you almost feel defeated when you have to do that? Well, or, or do you blame the game? Because in, yeah. in, in this one, I, I have to blame the game. Exactly, and because of yeah, because you do too. It, it depends on the circumstances. Um, like Portal Two, I got so pissed at that one puzzle. I stopped playing for months because I couldn't get past it. But I wasn't going to look at a strategy guide because. As much as I didn't like the design decisions at the time, I knew they weren't bad design design decisions. I wasn't like, this is a fundamentally flawed idea of a puzzle, so uh, like I shouldn't you, have to solve it. Like, you knew it was your fault. Yes, exactly. You knew it was your fault that you weren't progressing, not the game's fault. But once, yeah. it, turns, once it turns into the game's fault like that, and there is zero information, like, that, that to me is just... Like what? What are you thinking? Yeah. As like, what are you thinking as a as a game designer to to make that decision? Like, yeah, sure, we'll we'll have to have you find five of these, and there's going to be four that you can access right away. But then there are going to be three that are in time periods that you haven't unlocked yet, and you have to unlock <laughs> with these items that we're not going to tell you where they are at all anywhere, <laughs> nor how many there are in the game. You have yeah. no idea how many there are. Yeah, it's um. Well, no, because there's there's eight or nine. Because if you look at your fragment data log, it shows you how many there are and where they are. The graviton cores, not the artifacts. Yeah, right. you're right. The artifacts, you have no way of knowing. I'm talking more about the, the these wild artifacts to unlock new time periods, mm-hmm. which are stupid. Yes, which are which we can both agree are stupid. So we know now what is still stupid in the mm-hmm. game for you. Mm-hmm. Very stupid. Um, and uh, I did hear the chocobo death metal music. I'm so glad that you finally heard the Chocobo death metal music. I was laughing so hard I was crying. I like, think it. I think if you can work it in, it probably needs to be the answer to this episode. Oh, it will be. Don't worry. Believe um, me. Yeah, and it just it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's it just I I can't. You're right. It's just beyond description. You, you know have how many? To, uh, do you know how many times they say hell in that song? Like 
like Chocobo's gonna take you to hell. I think it's like three or four times in the song. If you look at the lyrics, which the, <laughs> like like what is that? That has absolutely nothing to do with Chocobo's. But those those are some seriously badass Chocobo's. I think is what they're getting at. <laughs> they must have meant for it to be that over the top and ridiculous. I would hope so. I mean, there's there's no way they put that song in the game and they were thinking, oh, this will be nice music. People will like this. Like, they must have put it in there just thinking, we just want to fuck around and make something ridiculous. It's it's even got the death metal scream in it. Like, like that. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's got so, everything. It's, it's so really... anyway, as, as we have talked about all these other now frustrated and bad things, are there things you're still liking about the game? Yeah, I still, I still think it's fun. Um, no, not right now. <laughs> yeah. Not while I'm stuck. I mean, I, I've been catching monsters. I, I tried chocobo racing, which is impossible unless you have a lot of money. It's stupid. Um, I don't know. I did fight a Tonberry, which elicited the exact same reaction in me that it elicits in every other Final Fantasy game, which is sheer, a Tonberry. Sheer terror. Sheer, sheer terror. terror. Yes. It's the only monster in any video game that I think will just come out of nowhere, and as soon as you see it, you are like, I am fucked. Like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. They, uh, It has an awesome, it, it kind of has an awesome uh, feeling to it. I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah, and he ruined me, and I had to get a game over and start over. But um, I've heard I'd be able to kill him later. Also, I caught a Dragoon, which is the overpowered monster you described to me. Uh-huh. Now, I have a Dragoon, and his, his, his strength is around 600, because he's maxed out now, and I, I fused him with, like, eight other monsters. But I also have a Grand Behemoth now, whose strength is 650, but he's a Ravager. Hmm. So I'm not sure what I should do, because his strength is 650, his magic's around 300. So he's technically stronger than the Dragoon, but I'm not sure if I want to put him in the party yet. I don't know. At some point, I'll, I'll finally take the Dragoon out of my party and just fuse those two together and make some ungodly, apocalyptic super monster. Well, I think what you should look at is the way they attack, too, because the Dragoon just stands there and shoots a gun. So yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't have to move. True. So I think that's why he was so powerful to me, was he just, any time he was ready to attack, he just did and True. killed everything. But the Grand Behemoth is going to take up half the screen anyway, so he'll be able to... <laughs> that's pretty impressive, too. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty big. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. I think, yeah, it, it shouldn't be that bad. Well, what do you do this week? What did you play? Um, well, I... You know how I said I was going to play... I, I could see Final Fantasy Tactics taking a long time uh, like, to, to get through the last time we talked? I don't, I don't remember you saying that. I wasn't actually listening to anything you said in our last podcast. It sounds a lot like our normal podcast. So, basically, what I said was... Uh, I, because it's on the iPad now, it's something that like I'll do one battle before I go to bed, and then I'll mm. I'll fall asleep, and that'll take like ten fifteen minutes. I put like twenty hours into that this week. Um, <laughs> to be to be fair, I was traveling, um, and so I was I was at a place without like a game system, without a, a TV I could use really. Mm. So I just had my iPad. Um, so it was the perfect game for kind of traveling around, um, and that game. Again, I hadn't played this new translation of that game, but man, that game both holds up and the translation makes the story really good. Like, Isn't it is amazing. It is. It's a it's a complicated story, but it makes sense. It's mm -hmm. like if you, I would say, if you are a fan of like a Game of Thrones type story, mm -hmm. it is very similar in nature to one. There, it's basically it's basically houses. Of, of of kingdoms that are at odds with each other and doing 
investigating some slightly supernatural ways of of gaining an advantage to gain control of the kingdom. It's it's an interesting story. The the, the characters are interesting. The, the and if you like a tactical role playing game, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's been out for 15 years. But yeah. if if you like tactical role playing games, it's not an overwhelmingly complicated one because you're only you're only ever in charge of five people at a time. So it's not it's not like you're commanding an entire army or an entire battlefield. Mm-hmm. And it's so, turn based, so it's not active time battle. Right, and so you you can take as much time as you want to think about what you're doing. It's just it's a it really holds up as a game in my opinion, um, and I really am really enjoying playing that again. I do want to stretch it out so I can actually enjoy it for a little longer mm-hmm. than uh, just tearing through that in you know just a week, which I could see myself doing. But yeah, that game it totally holds up. I'm in chapter three already, which I think there's only four four chapters in the game. So yeah, there are only four. So that's really good. Three, um, I believe, is the longest. Could be. I don't. I don't remember. It's been so long since I played the game. It's and and the translation's so horrible in the original game that the story the story honestly feels completely different than the first time that I played it. Mm-hmm. The first yeah. time I played it, being I didn't think there was a story actually. <laughs> Do you um have you unlocked Luso yet? I haven't. Really? I, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure I'll see him soon. So anyway, that was that was like the like the lighter game that I've been playing and will continue to be playing. Um, I will probably update on that every once in a while over the next few weeks. Um, just if something gets, gets under my skin, there is one thing about that game in that there, there is a good amount of difficulty to it in the random battles. Um, but there, oh, yeah. there are certain, and that's because the random battles scale with your main party. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, those are going to be a little challenging. But there are certain uh, story battles which don't – the story battles don't scale with you. So I'm about five levels over the story battles right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of them are pretty easy. The ones that are easy are the ones with the objectives that are just, you know, kill everybody. But mm-hmm. like most strategy games, different battles have different objectives. But there are some battles where there will be an objective to, like, save a character. And – I got into one where you had to save this astrologer. Oh god. Just, just walk into you just walk into a battle and you're in like a snow-capped village and there's an astrologer that's like on top of a building and it the the objective is save this abstra- uh, this astrologer. And in these battles if the character goes down at all, you don't have any chance to revive them or anything, you just lose the battle. Mm-hmm. Well, the astrologer took two steps and and took an action and I had one of my characters take an action and then I had all five of the enemies take an action and they all targeted the astrologer and killed him in one turn yeah and I literally did not get to move and I was like this seems weird mm-hmm. because there was nothing I could do and I had a I had a diverse like party set up I mean I wasn't it wasn't anything about my setup, I think, in terms of characters. So it's just like, that's so weird. So I restarted the battle. And I now keep in mind, I don't remember any of this happening the first time I played the game 15 years ago. I bet it did, but I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. So I restarted the battle. The astrologer did the same thing, but the enemies did something different this time, and I ended up winning the battle. Mm-hmm. So there's just, it seems like there's maybe a little bit of 
of flaw in terms of that. I can see that happening in the future too about like saving characters, mm-hmm. and I bet it's only going to happen under those objective circumstances. Yeah, but that was that was like, and it wasn't even really frustrating because you know I had just saved it. Um, the iPad auto saves very often. So um, you, I never lose more than one battle's progress in the mm-hmm. game. So I wasn't frustrated or anything. I just thought it was kind of weird. Like, that just seemed really weird that I just had... I, yeah, I remember that happening when I played through as well. Yeah, completely out of my control. Completely out of my control in terms of, of fixing that. So, But then I just did it again, and it, they did different stuff, and it worked. Yeah, well, um, good. So anyway, anyway, that was my that was my brief like my my short game I've been playing. The longer game I've been playing, I started playing Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. It's called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Yeah. So um, a little bit of background about the game. Again, and remember to ask three questions. Yeah. Do you like gen- uh, generic things? <laughs> yes, I love them. Uh, do you like good? Uh, action role-playing game battle systems. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, And do you like loot-based games? Yes. Okay, so um, don't... Okay, so I I did ask if you like generic things. Don't take that the wrong way. I'll explain that in just a minute here. Um, Yeah, so a little bit of background. The game is called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Um, The Kingdoms of Amalur was announced a few years ago by Kurt Schilling. Now, you have no idea who Kurt Schilling is, I bet. Uh, I've heard the name. Kurt Schilling is a uh, World Series winning baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, he is famous for the Bloody Sock incident, where he had like a bleed on his on his ankle or something that made his sock bloody in... A baseball game, and he won the baseball game. He like pitched through it. I think he like tore his Achilles something. <laughs> I, anyway, he had like a severe injury, and he continued to play a baseball game, and he won the baseball game. Okay. Uh, he's a very famous MLB pitcher. He also is an avid video gamer and okay. an avid advocate for video games. And as a very wealthy baseball player, he decided, "I like video games so much. I'm just going to start my own video game company." That video game company is called Big Huge Games. They are the designer for Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Okay. This game is like a precursor to a um, an MMORPG that's coming out later under the same banner. They're gonna so they're gonna be you know competing with World of Warcraft, with EverQuest, with um, all the other big MMORPGs. This is just a single player game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is a third person action role-playing game. And the reason why I call it generic is because it's almost like it's almost like the the designers of the game said what are some things that we like in video games? <laughs> Alright, we like this thing. Let's just put that in our game. And we kind of like this thing too. We're just going to put that in our game too. Um, we really like the way that R.A. Salvatore, have you heard that name? Yes. We really like the way he writes. Let's just hire him to write for our game. <laughs> he wrote it? He Yes. All right, Salvatore, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so because uh, we got money. We got, we got Kurt Schilling backing us. Let's, <laughs> let's hire him to write for the game. So, so R.A. Salvatore wrote um, at least the main story and a lot of the side, a lot of the side missions for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so the game feels like and it doesn't feel like necessarily a like a lift of these things it almost feels like an like an homage to these things if that makes sense mm-hmm. it like it it blatantly rips off a lot of these systems but it it doesn't do it does it like purposely like you can tell it's trying to do it okay so anyway the game is a third person action role playing game um the quest design is so World of Warcraft, which I know you played for a little while. Yeah. It's so World of Warcraft, it's it's sickening almost. Because <laughs> there'll be there'll be little pockets of areas with a few side quests and you'll get these side quests and then they will tell you the like on the mini map there'll be the exact place you need to go for these side quests. You'll go there, you'll do them, and you'll come back and turn them in, and that's it. Okay. And the side quest, the the side quest design, is horribly generic. <laughs> like it, it is, it is MMO RPG side quest design. It is fetch quests. It's like, oh, I lost my boots. Go get my boots. So uh... you go, you go to the circle on the map, and there's something you got to kill and get some boots. And then it's like, oh, my daughter is sick, and I need five of these herbs so you you highlight the quest and there's five circles on the map and you go to the five circles and you you get the herbs and you go back so the quest design yes leaves much to be desired yeah so far you haven't sold me on this game no and that wouldn't sell me on the game either here's the thing Uh did you like the combat in world of warcraft um no, I mean, I only played the trial for, like, four days, and I well, didn't have that much combat. Well, what you get in those four days is what the combat in World of Warcraft is. It mm-hmm. is looking at some buttons on the bottom of the screen, pressing those buttons, waiting for the buttons to refresh, yeah, and then pressing them again. <clears throat> I mean, that's, like, general MMORPG combat. Yeah. This game takes almost like a God of War approach to its combat. Okay. So so you'll you'll get into like a group of enemies and there'll be like five six different enemies two of which will be very difficult enemies that can kill you very easily but you've got the ability to roll around there there's a combo based system with um your melee weapons um there are ranged weapons there's magic you cast on the fly um so the combat is super engaging i mean okay. it's some it's some of the best third person combat I've ever seen in a role-playing game. So, wow. and what are you doing more than anything in a role-playing game? Um, customizing? After Sometimes. Cu- uh, after-, after customizing, probably walking. <laughs> okay, and while you're walking, what are you doing? Uh, random battles. Exactly. So, you know, at least 60%, 75% of the time in this game, you're fighting shit. And the fighting stuff is awesome. So the fact that you have something you have something so engaging that and and it's only getting here's the other cool part is just like most role playing games there are deep uh there are deep talent trees that you're working up. Mm-hmm. And there's a might tree, there's a sorcery tree and there's a finesse tree, which is your basic warrior thief magic user. Mm-hmm. So um I started the game working up the sorcery tree. And my gosh, do you feel like a badass in this game? And the enemies can still kill you. Um, 
but you still they you totally feel like a badass. Like my character, and I got the ability the ability very very early on to cast a spell that like marked a few guys, mm-hmm. and then I would hold a button and they'd all explode. <laughs> and it, like you're just like walking around and you're casting this on a few people, and if they're if they're grouped up, it's great. If they're they're individual, they can still flank you and attack you from the back and hurt you, but. If they're all right in front of me, it was just over. I would pass this ability and just blow them all up. Now, keep in mind, they're running around. They're trying to flank you and attack you. But if I could get, if I could maneuver myself into a good position, it was great, you know? Mm-hmm. There are lots of different weapons to use. Like, as a mage, you can use a staff. You can use a scepter that, that is a long-range, fires magical energy weapon. And then there are chakrams which are basically boomerangs that are mid-range weapons that you attack and then they come back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And they all feel great. Like, they all have these different combo systems in them. And that's just for the sorcery tree. I was going to say, so are you only exploring the sorcery tree? I was. And here is what I think might be the best part about this whole combat system. Okay. I was exploring the sorcery tree. I played, I don't know, 19 hours through the sorcery tree and I was about three quarters of the way into that tree and at any point in the game you can go to these people called fate weavers and you can you can basically respec so you wipe everything clean and you can then go down another tree so I was like you know what I'm I'm loving this sorcery thing but I have not tried anything else Mm -hmm. so I went to this fate weaver and this was just about an hour and a half ago into the gameplay I went to a to a fate weaver. I wiped my entire thing and I went completely down the finesse tree. And <clears throat> I started playing with um a a bow. So I put I sunk a bunch of points into into bow skills as a as like a rogue. We'll bow call archery it. or bow staff? Bow archery. Okay. Oh, like a long bow. Um I sunk a bunch of points into that and then I sunk a bunch of points into these things called fey blades. Okay. Um and uh, what are the weapons that Klingons use? Uh, Batlaths. Batlaths. Yeah, basically they're Batlaths. Okay. Um, only they're they're arched the opposite direction. So, uh, you have two of those instead of just one. You're holding one in each hand, and you're freaking just flying around the battlefield when you're using them, it's doing crazy spins, doing forward flips, back flips. You look like a total badass when you're nice. doing it. Okay. Um. And and as a rogue, you're like poisoning stuff and making it bleed. You're getting out of combat, and you're you're using your long range bow to, to hit stuff. And it feels totally like 100 percent different from the way I was playing the mage. 100 mm-hmm. percent different. So the game and but it still feels really satisfying. The combat and it's still just as fun. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I like most about this game is the thing that you're doing the most in a role-playing game is the combat. Yeah. Which is great because even even times when I'm like, oh, it's just like another fetch quest that I'm going off and going here and meeting this person, I got to fight 10 groups of bad guys before I get there. The the combat's all so great that it's like, yeah, I would I I want to do this because I want to keep just fucking shit up because yeah. that was so fun about this game. So the story takes a backseat to the gameplay. Um Yes, for the side quests. Now, the game was written by R.A. Salvatore. Oh, right, yeah. Dude writes good fantasy writing. However, however, the fantasy writing suffers from 
from what I think what is a fault for me in fantasy writing where they try to set up this giant universe and every word sounds the same. It's all like the Evlarians fight the Filtharians and the <laughs> and and the Lichlachlarians and the you know, it's just it's all of these it's all these people I can't tell the difference between any of these names. <laughs> Every, like, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, the lake, the lake is the, the uh, Scottish word for lake, no matter where you go. So it's Loch Flontinian or what, you know, it's just, it's so generic fantasy writing <laughs> nomenclature. Uh-huh. But what what's going on is really neat. Like your character, th- the whole world is predicated on fate. Um, which other games have done before. Like, everybody has their own part to play in, like, the the telling of the world, and your fate has been predetermined. However, you die, and you just wake up after dying, and there are these people that can vaguely see other people's fates in the world. They're called fate weavers. Mm -hmm. And you meet one, and he can't see anything with you. You are, like, the one person in the world that, that can, like, change people's fate. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And you do that in a really big way about 10 hours into the game. Like I just did kind of a big deal. And 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 I don't I don't well, no, I'll spoil it because I don't really care about spoilers. Spoiler alert. Uh the character that is telling you about all of this fate stuff is supposed to die and you save him. Oh. And suddenly he's like, "Well, I don't know what's going to happen to me now because I was suppo- and he knew he was supposed to die." So he's like, oh, I don't know what to do now. So he sends you off to to meet with some other very important people, and that's kind of where I'm at in the game right now. But it's it it's really cool. Like the story is pretty darn neat. Not to mention, there are factions in the game that have their own long quest chains, and I've completed one of those so far. And this one is this race of people. I couldn't tell you the race name because it's some stupid <laughs> fantasy generic race name. Uh-huh. But they are all characters um, that that are centered in this place called the House of Ballads. And each one of the people in the House of Ballads follows like a song in their legend that plays over and over and over again. So like there's the legend of the there's the legend of the bloody bl- of the bloody bones, I think was one of them. Your legend of the bloody bones. Right. And so there was this ki- there was this person and it's a different person of these people each time. But they go to this place and uh there is a person there who kidnaps people from this village, holds them hostage, and in the story the main character of the legend of the bloody bones sacrifices himself to kill this person to save the village. This has happened like hundreds of times before, but you go in there and you you change stuff. Yeah. When you go do like when you go save this village. And so this whole culture is based on these people reliving these stories over and over again. I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool idea and when you go in there you're changing this stuff. And I changed it in such a way to where I am now king of that particular kingdom. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and so the side quests, like the side quests in terms of the um, the different factions, are really neat. Um, and you can tell those were written; those a lot of love was put into those particular mm-hmm. storylines. 
But there's also generic side quests, and those generic side quests are the ones where it's like, my boots are stolen, go get my boots from the ogre, and then you go kill the ogre and you get the boots and you bring them back. Those feel like filler. Question. Would those boots even fit the ogre's feet? Probably not. Then why did the ogre steal the boots? What if they're magic boots? Were they magic boots? Well, they weren't white, they were blue, so... They're um, blue boots. Well, blue in the sense that white is common items, green is uncommon items, blue is rare items, and purple are epic items, like in every MMORPG. <laughs> that's, the new, that's the new convention in terms of how good an item is. So, <laughs> But wait, now this is a precursor to an MMO, though, right? Exactly. But Okay, so, what, wait, first, so this is a PC game. No, no, this is on PlayStation 3. On the P- PS3 game? It's a PS3 game. It's what? actually across all platforms. Okay, well, it's multi-platform, but you're playing it on PS3, and, and the MMO is out. What's the MMO called? The MMO is not out. Oh, the MMO is not out. Okay, so this is setting it up. Okay. Exactly. The MMO was supposed to be out before this, and then they announced that this game was coming, and then this game came out before the MMO came out. And what's, what's the MMO going to be called? Kingdoms of Amalur something. Oh, with some random other tag. Right. Maybe not even another tag. It might just be called Kingdoms of Amalur. Because that is the, That is the world this is set in. Okay. Interesting. Um, How many kingdoms are there? I don't know. I think just one. I think it's just Amalur. Well, then why the hell would they call it Kingdoms of Amalur? Because there's lots of different places in Amalur. Well, there's I think, lots... Okay, go ahead. It'd be like calling a game Kingdoms of Earth. I think Amalur is the Earth. Well, but they could say, um, in Game of Thrones, they could say Kingdoms of... Uh, what the hell is the giant kingdom called? Palindrome or Mordor or... You know what I'm talking about? Westfall? I don't know. No, the the whole the all the seven kingdoms are called um a name. This, yeah, they should have called it uh Kingdom of the Seven Kingdoms. God damn it. So anyway, the game the the game is quite good in terms of the combat. Now I the the side quest the frustrating part is that if I were to just do the main quests of the game, mm-hmm. and then the faction quests of the game, which are the ones that are the most interesting, I would under-level myself for the future parts of the game. So the game kind of forces you to do at least a few of the side quests, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that are uninteresting. Um, but at least the combat is good enough that I like the game enough to keep playing it. Yeah, that um, sounds good. The, Westeros, by the way, is the name of the Seven Kingdoms. Um, the the problem, though, is that the it's the fantasy setting. I'm just going to ignore you. The fantasy <laughs> setting um, of the game is like 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 in the area I'm in, and I've been through. It's it's these pockets of of zones, and then there's little uh, valleys in between, like mountains that lead you to the next zone. So it's these. It's it's a very segmented world, and there's like a bunch of quests in this zone, and then you move on to this next zone. There's a bunch of quests in this zone. Um, th- this whole giant area I'm in has just all been like forest, and it's been like different kinds of forest, but it's still all been forest. So I'm getting kind of sick of it. I'm getting kind of mm. sick of this of the setting. Yeah. When I when I look at like the world map, um, I'm getting close to moving on to this 
it, what looks like it might be a desert. I can't tell because I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. But but it's it looks like I'm just getting like I'm getting bored. The game the game might be too long. That's that might be one of my oh. big criticisms of it. It might be too long. I'm spending too much time in this one area, and I'm liking it. But I'm just getting sick of the way that it looks. I'm getting sick of being there, and I want to move on to something else. Well, every RPG has that one area that just takes forever that you hate. I mean, yeah, yeah, everyone. But it might be all areas in this particular case. I don't know. That's not good. Yeah, I haven't continued to to play it. So um, I'm going to continue to – I will continue to play it, though. I'm really liking the combat. And the fact that at any point in the game I can just say, well, you know, I haven't tried – the the warrior tree yet i'm just gonna go ahead and change that um and you can use like you can use daggers as a rogue as well which behave differently than than um the weapons i'm using now the fey blades and you can use bows um and then as a warrior you can use you know a great sword or you can use a hammer or you can use a long sword and all of the weapons feel different so you can play these characters in different ways and i really like that that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and, makes... and when you when you break down all these skill points, you have all the points to just build right back up immediately. Exactly. exactly. That's so cool. Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, there's a lot of different other abilities in the game. Not abilities, like skill skill trees in the game. Like there's there's an alchemy system where you go harvest plants and you can make them into potions. There's a blacksmithing system where you can then break down items and make new items. There's um, uh, let's see, there's 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 other like crafting abilities there's a stealth system for in like if i wanted to i could be a stealth rogue class where i would sneak up on stuff and basically assassinate it um there's a really dumb lock picking mini game there's a uh dispelling magical runes mini game type thing um there are these interesting things in the world called fey stones that they tell a story from each individual area. There'll be like ten face stones, and it's it's like there's a song and a poem that's being sung as you unlock them. Some of them don't make any sense, <laughs> but some of them are neat. So those are those are a little at least a little bit interesting. Um, and one of the one of the good things that the game does is it allows it's got an easy fast travel mechanism. Because if it didn't, this world is huge. Oh, it's like it Skyrim is, level? Yeah, it's like Skyrim style huge. Okay. I mean, it's freaking huge. Um, and even though it's segmented into these different zones, it is still freaking huge. I'm probably 25% of the world explored, and I'm 20 hours into the game. So why have I not heard more about this? Because it sounds a lot like Skyrim, only different in terms of gameplay. They came out in... in, in a very similar time and a lot of um, comparisons are being drawn between this and Skyrim Mm -hmm. and where Skyrim allows you to pretty much do anything and Mm -hmm. go anywhere at any point in the game. This game really segments you like, like an MMORPG would like you start in this zone and you are funneled into this zone next. And then you are funneled into this zone next. Okay. So, the draw of Skyrim is this giant open world, and that hadn't really been done before in the in the scope that Skyrim had been done and done, and that's why Skyrim was such a big deal. Okay. And this and I, this game actually has been on a lot of people's radars. So the fact that you haven't heard about it, I guess, to me, is kind of weird because it really is 
um, it's a game that has gotten a lot of press. Well, let's face it. The name of the game is more than six words. Yeah, and it's very generic. Kingdoms it, Kingdoms of Westeros, the Seven Falls of the Seven Sons, is this is too long of a name. Exactly. And that, there's, there's that no way. Even, I, that wasn't even the name. So I, I, Exactly. See, I don't even remember the name. It was Kingdoms of Som- Somalia? Reckoning. Yes. Reckoning. Kingdoms of Somalia Reckoning. Exactly. Okay. And, and I couldn't remember that either until you just said it. So. <laughs> Um, but the, so the game does a lot of smart stuff, um, because the world is so big and the combat system is great and I'm going to continue to play it uh, probably to completion unless, unless for some reason it gets really, really boring. Um, but with the battle system, the battle system, the way it is, I don't foresee that happening. Cool. All right. Is, are the battles as fun as the battles in Final Fantasy Tactics? I think in a much different way. Well, like apples and oranges, but okay. But okay, because cause that's what keeps you in a tactics, because despite the terrible translation 15 years ago, I mean, I God. did finish the game. <laughs> oh, of course. I, I have beaten tactics at least six times, start to finish. I mean, it, it's one of my favorite battle systems ever. And it's a long game, so. Yes. Um, so, yeah, if the battle system's good enough, and you're saying this battle system's good enough to where even the menial stuff is like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll suffer through it. Yeah. Oh, and one, one last thing that I think... Um, makes the game even better. And this is something that I haven't even explored yet. Um, there are these things, there are destinies, and the destinies are unlocked based on how many points you've put in each of these three trees. Mm-hmm. Whereas most games reward you for, uh, most games of this type reward you for going down one tree because all like the best abilities are unlocked at the end of these trees. This game has destinies for every combination that you could think of. So, like, if I do 40 points in Sorcery and 40 points in Finesse, I will unlock a destiny that is tailored specifically for that, and it will be just as effective as if I put all 80 points into another tree. Oh, wow. So if I want to be a stealthy magician, I can do that and be just as effective as if I was a full magician. And I think that's really neat. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so you can really, I mean, you can really play the game any way you want. All right, well, I'm all for high customizability and, uh, yeah, the ability to have fun in battles. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like I said uh, originally when I was first asking you those questions, the loot-based aspect of this game is if you like being a loot whore and, like, walking around and finding new items literally everywhere and comparing them to the stuff you're using or stuff you had been using or... St- or breaking them down to make new stuff. There's just freaking there's stuff everywhere for you to pick up. You know, I, I like looting in games, but sometimes it gets too much. And, and then sometimes I play games where it's nice that you don't have to think about that. Like in Final Fantasy thirteen two, you can buy new weapons, but I haven't changed my inventory in probably fifteen hours. You know, and that's a little sparse, but there are some games where it's it's kind of nice where you get only an item once every couple levels or whatever, you know what I mean? 15 hours might be a long time because that that's like, why even have it in there to begin with then? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and that's one extreme, certainly. But um, it's kind of nice when it's not overwhelming, but it sounds like it's, 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 it's good sometimes, I know. So as of right now, I'd recommend, I'd recommend playing it. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And what's the name of the game one more time? Kingdoms of Amalur... Reckoning. It's being. It's basically being marketed though as just reckoning. Like I look at the box, and the box. You can't even read Kingdoms of Amalur from where <laughs> I'm sitting. You can just see a giant word reckoning. 
So that's I, that's kind of how it's being marketed. But yes, it's Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Now, what have you been playing other than Final Fantasy XIII 2? My game also has the word Kingdom in the name, actually. Is it Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? It is Kingdoms of Amalur Like No, it's not. It's not. Uh, it is called Kingdom of Loathing. Have you ever heard of this game? That um, That's a very interesting name for a game. Kingdom I have not, of- I've not heard of it. Kingdom of Loathing. It is, it is a it is internet based. It's a browser based uh, role playing game. Uh, also a text based role playing game, kind of in a way. Interesting. Um, do you like bad puns? I love bad puns. Do you like horrible art design? No, no, I don't. Okay, okay. All like, right. like horrible, horrible how? Like horrible in a good way or horrible in a bad way? Uh, horribly simple but charming art design. Well, if it's charming. Okay. Uh, do you like storylines that break the... Do you like breaking the third wall, the fourth wall? Third Is it the, third, it's the fourth wall? Do you like breaking the fourth wall? If it's done well, yes. Okay. Then you would probably like Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, so, Kingdom of Loathing, I actually played for the first time in 2007 or 2008. It's been out since 2003, and it's browser-based... And all of the graphics are stick figure drawings of things. <laughs> um, and the, the, the combat is very simple, um, but it's, it's basically a text message. It's not text message, but a text-based role-playing adventure game. Oh, did I mention that all of the graphics in Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning are stick figures as well? Oh, did you? You didn't notice. You didn't uh, mention that. That's, that's wonderful. I I'm bet on the ki- PS3. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. You're not. So it's text message based. God damn it! Why do I keep saying that? It's it's text based, um, and uh, for the most part, you. Well, the way it's delivered is text based, but the interface is basically you click on like an area, and uh, so, so you pick a character. You do some general character creation. Uh, you pick a character. You get some equipment and items, uh, and you click on areas of the map. Of the of the very pen and paper drawn map. I mean, it looks very stick figurey. Um, you know, you click on areas of it, go on adventures, and you can trade items with other people to get better items and upgrade your skills and things like that. But I played it a lot in 2007 or 2008, and got to a very, very, very ludicrously high level. And it was like, and by ludicrously high, I mean like 80 or 90 or something. I don't even remember. But I got to a high level and kind of had a lot of stuff, and I couldn't really progress much further without, like, trading more items and, and whatnot. So we got, um, I kind of, like, pushed it to its limit as a as a kind of free-to-play game, and um, just stopped playing it for a while. But it's it's continually been in development since it was released, so it's constantly, you know, getting better, and they're making improvements and everything. So this run-through, I'm hoping to um to progress a bit further but but to give you an idea of of what the game is like every class is ludicrous your three stats are muscle mysticality and moxie <laughs> moxie moxie yes um there is uh one of the sorcery classes is like pastafarian sorcerer uh or something along those lines my character class is accordion thief and the description was something along the lines of "I have a lot of moxie." Now, does that does that mean you steal accordions? I, I don't think so. so. Supposedly, it means I have a lot of moxie, so I steal women's hearts. I'm not really sure, but 
everything about this game is just so internet speak and so over the top. Like, the first thing when I logged in the first time said, to begin with, you should visit the Toot Oriole on Mount Noob in the Big Mountains. So <laughs> I click on the Big Mountains on the map, and then on top of a mountain, there's a little stick figure drawing of a bird, which is the Toot Oriole, because an Oriole is a bird. Oh my god. Yeah. So you click on it, and it says, The bird speaks to you as you approach. Welcome, adventurer. I'm the Toot Oriole, and I'd like to show you the ropes. Here they are. He points to a pile of ropes piled atop a nearby rock. So it's just like, it's so irreverent and ludicrous. Um, and I, I just started playing, and like I'm looking at a map of Seaside Town. Two of the locations are wrong side of the tracks and right side of the tracks. And there's, there's areas like the Council of Loathing and, and things like that. Um, but you click on spots on the map, and sometimes you get into battles, And but there's items you can achieve. I, I actually... The first battle I, I fought, I won. I don't remember the name of the, the creature that I beat. But I acquired... Oh, no, I'm sorry. The first... Why, well, I, I did win the first battle. My first battle was you're fighting a sub-assistant knob mad scientist. K-N-O-B. <laughs> And uh, with great moxie, I beat him. And for winning, I gained six meat. Because you have <laughs> hit points, magic points, and meat. Uh, I acquired Knob Goblin Pants, an item called Strongness Elixir, and an item called Knob Goblin Firecracker. Uh, so, like, the items are just ridiculous. And when the tutorial... When the tutorial talks to me, I acquired several items. I acquired a stolen accordion... Old sweatpants, a mariachi hat, a nest egg, which is looks like an egg. Uh, I got a tent called the Newbie Sport Tent, and Newbie Sport has a TM. Uh, I acquired an item called Certificate of Participation, uh, an Easy Cook Oven with the TM logo, <laughs> a strawberry and orange, a lemon, three popsicle sticks, uh, an item called My First Shaker. Which looks like a, a mixer, like you know, like a shaker from a bar. Uh, uh -huh. I got a bottle of whiskey, a bottle of vodka, and a bottle of gin. Uh, and I remember you can drink alcohol because. Um, uh, so the way that they limit how you adventure in this game is you have hit points, magic points, meat, and then an hourglass that represents time. And each quest that you do, or adventure, or shopping trip, or whatever, takes a certain amount of time. So I have like 160 units of time to start out with. And then that resets every 12 or 8 or 24 hours. But it, it, it resets at fixed intervals. So it's it's not like... So it's kind of like a Farmville kind of thing where you can't just sit there playing forever. So you can pay, I bet, to get more time. Is you that... know, I don't even know. I don't even know. I've never... I never I... felt the um, the need to pay for anything. Right. You can donate, and I, I believe that does give you stuff. But at no point, to my knowledge... Um, <clears throat> Are you ever like really pushed to donate? It, it's not like a shareware kind of thing. It, it really is designed to be text-based and free. Okay. Um, it does say any player who makes a donation of ten dollars or more will receive a rare and powerful Mister Accessory. <laughs> um, but that's all. It actually doesn't give you anything else. Sure. So it's 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 really just meant to be, you know. And this was pre-Farmville and pre all those other. Facebook games, where, where, well, it's pretty all the games that really started to push, like, well, you gotta pay and you'll get this perk, you know? Um, it's not really begging for money, it's just like a free thing. Um, so it, 
in my mind, and I played it before and had a blast. It, it's just I think the time limit is just so that you don't you know sit there for ten hours grinding and mastering the game or whatever. Right. Um. But it, it's fun. It's ridiculous. Everything you click on. I mean, the phases of the moon right now are called Ronald and Grimace. <laughs> I mean, Ronald is waxing gibbous with a small dark moon passing in front on the left. And Grimace is Grimace is waning Gibbous. It, it, it's just like ludicrous. The the today's Kingdom of Loathing date is Petember fourth. Um, you know they just do stupid little things. So like you mentioned, um, all the generic medieval names in the game you were talking about. These just take regular words and just mess with them. Um, but yeah, I right now um, recently I fought a knob goblin barbecue team. Which is a barbecue, which looks, it was a small grill with what looks like a hot dog on it, and a <laughs> goblin standing next to it wearing a chef hat. All in stick figure form. Uh, and I attacked it and it said, You give it a couple of knuckle sandwiches with relish. Or, I mean, you relish giving it a knuckle sandwich for one damage. And, you know, the grill spits hot coals at you, but you stay cool. So it's. Oh my god. It's just. It's just so ludicrous it it doesn't try to be serious you can adventure a bunch of times uh it's it's pretty awesome and it knows how bad its humor is oh yeah oh absolutely absolutely um but it's so charming it's it's like very very charming you do get skills and you can choose to use skills in the drop down menu or use um items if you get items i remember the the alcohol's Increase your hit points or magic points or time you have, but at the cost of another. So I remember the different alcohols like have different effects on you short short term. Um, but that's basically Kingdom of Loathing, and I mean, there's not a whole lot else to say about it other than it's super fun. You can message other players, and you can there is a PvP option, so you can fight other people. I remember trying that a couple times and getting wasted back in the day uh, as happens as as you know it happens with many multiplayer games sure um yeah and i mean just the the words all the verbiage like strongness elixir and the bad puns and everything and like today is arbor day a r r r and you can i can head down to the distant woods to help pirates plant trees it's just like pretty much everything about it is is ridiculous and and I, you start in cobb's knob which is a little like um uh, kind of goblin hole, basically. Just all the items are ludicrous. I know you slap people with meat. I know there's a pasta mancer. Pasta was the name of it. Uh, all this, all the classes are ridiculous. And yeah, it's just like a fun, stupid game where you just click a couple things once in a while. And uh, I recommend it to anybody, whether you have any experience playing video games or not, because it's super easy and super like entertaining. I don't know. I'll probably play it for a couple weeks. You know, maybe once or twice a day, and then and then be done with it. But it's it's a nice distraction, and it's browser based, so you can of course play anywhere. You know, on any platform whatsoever. It's not Flash or anything. It's just like text. It's just text. And how <laughs> how easy is it to find Graviton cores? <laughs> God damn it! So so I have a few questions. Okay. One is there like is there a a so it sounds like there are random battles. Is there like a battle system? 
Or is it just you like picking an option of a few different things when you when you do fight? Well, most of the time you get options. Like right now, I'm I'm I just adventured in Cobb's Knob. I've got the window open right now to kind of for reference because I need to know these. I need to see the specifics to describe them. Right. Um. Like I'm I'm nearing Cobb's Knob, and I'll read you this one, and I'll read you the options I have. So it says you hear a heavy sigh from behind you. You turn to see a surly-looking teenage knob goblin sitting on a rock with his head in his hands. He notices you looking at him and produces another exaggerated sigh. Um, what's the matter, you ask, though you don't really care. I'm bored. There's never anything going on around here. There's nothing to do. He sighs again. So here are your four options. You can say, wrestling's fun. Want to wrestle? You can say, you could go get me a beer. You can say, have you considered vandalism, loitering, and petty theft? <laughs> or you could say, since you're bored, you're boring. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to do the vandalism, loitering, and petty theft. He says, no, he says, but it sounds interesting. Can you teach me? Sure, you say. Watch and learn. You walk over to where a knobgoblin child has set up a crude lemonade stand. While the bored teenager watches you, you kick the E off the stand's crude sign, stand around for about ten minutes not buying anything, then seal one of the lemons. So you've demonstrated vandalism, then loitering, then petty theft. And he goes, well, thanks, says the teen. Now I'll never be bored again. You wander off feeling pretty good about teaching the kid a lesson. And hey, free lemon. So I gained two cheek... Which, I don't know what that means, but I gained two cheek and acquired a lemon item. <laughs> I was so hoping you'd get a lemon out of that. That's awesome. <laughs> of course. So, like, then I click another b- battle, and then there is an actual battle that pops up. There's a, there's a knob goblin assistant chef that tries to attack me. He proudly wields his set of neophyte tongs and whistles a happy cooking song as he prepares to beat me senseless. So I can either attack with my fingers of fury, because I'm an accordion thief, um, and then I've got a drop-down menu for items. Right now, the only item I have is a Knob Goblin Firecracker. And then I have a skill, and I can either use... I had a skill that cost one magic point, but I already used that, so I can't use that again. Um, but I have a Sing skill. I can Sing, which which costs zero mojo points. So, like, I can select that, click Use Skill. It looks like I belted out some bars, dealt damage, and left his ears ringing... Winning the fight and gaining a bunch of meat. And I also gained one sarcasm, apparently. Um, I don't know what that means. So that's how the battle system works. Is It's very, like, it's very um, Dragon Warrior. It's it's very, this guy appears. He attacks yeah. through this. What's your attack? So it's really simple. Um, it does get a little bit more complex once you gain more skills and abilities. And you. Start... I'm assuming you can't really die? No, you can. I only have two hit points left out of the five I start with. Um, the And I, I remember, actually, back in the day, I would die... Often, <laughs> um, once the quests get a bit a bit harder and and you know it's very nonlinear, so you can kind of go wherever you want, whenever you want. Um, you just click on the image and go to that area. Um, you pretty much click on something, and you can be fighting things much more powerful than you, and they can they can tear you apart. So it, it starts out pretty soft. They say this out they softball you for a while. And the softballing is fun, and you know you get to maybe four or five or six levels or whatever, um, and then it starts to get a bit tougher. And then by like levels thirteen through fifteen, you're starting to face things that are really tough. So instead of like constantly progressing forward, you may need to grind a little bit. But grinding consists of clicking three things and usually reading really funny descriptions. So it it's just like. The whole thing is just humor more than anything else, but it's it's legitimately funny because it's just so ridiculous. And have you found any 
anything that repeats itself, like you've done it once and then 20 minutes later you'll see like the same joke? No, um, there's a surprising variety of jokes in the game and um, you can take on like a main quest to have or you can just kind of fight random things and go places. Uh, but regardless of what you're doing, I mean, yeah, if you're fighting in the same area, like if I'm in Cobb's Knob, I'm going to find a lot of chefs or goblins or things related but it, there are more than four or five enemies, you know, that I'll fight. So there, there's a decent amount of variety. And, you know, puns have a, 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 puns have a broad range of content. It sounds like uh, with the type of puns that there are, I could probably pay, play it for like five to ten minutes at a time <laughs> without eliciting so many groans that okay. I would have to shut it off. Well, the thing is they do a lot of gamer-style and meat-speak puns. So, like, they say things, they call you noob, and they, they use leet speak. There actually is a whole area where I think all the enemies are written and attack in leet speak, which is just, like, super fun to play, because you just look at it and you're like, God damn it! why do I understand what's happening right now? Uh, so, yeah, they, they'll throw in some all-your-base references, you know, there'll be enemies named after, like loosely named after Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior characters or Firefly references, you know, here or there. So there's a lot of little Easter eggs that um, that are, you know, just a treasure trove for, for gamers like us that understand that kind of stuff. It sounds like it's really targeted at people like us. It, it really is. It really is. And it's it's gotten pretty, generally pretty uh, positive reception among uh, among reviews for a lot of times. But it's, it's just irreverent and... You know, there's a huge amount of content and it's completely free and it there's a time limit or there's a there's a certain number of units of time you get, so you're not gonna sit there and you you know, your life is overplaying it. Um, but at the same time it, it gives you a lot of time units. I mean I can adventure I could sit here for probably the next hour and a half just clicking through things and, and use up, you know, my time. I, when I used to play it I was working ten hour overnight shifts at a radio station, so I would always just sit there and like play it at the start of my shift and then go do a bunch of work and then come back like four hours later. So for someone with nothing to do, it's a really good time waster. Awesome. Awesome. So there sounds, you go. sounds like something worth checking out. I think so, yeah. Um so yeah, so we'll be back next week with more games, I think. So so you're going to continue to play Final Fantasy 13 2 as well, <laughs> of, right? You're going to you're going to get you're going to get the uh that Graviton core thing worked out and and move on. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. Because You need you need to because you're starting to reach you're starting to reach some of the more interesting climactic parts of the game. So Let's hope so. Listen, there can't be a higher climax than the red chocobo music. Right. Yeah, there's probably not actually. You probably saw <laughs> The, the best part about that game. I know I climaxed when I heard that music. So, um, I think that's all I've got for this week. That's all I got, yeah. And we have like an hour of material now, so we should probably stop talking. Super